football season is here, and that leads to a lot of celebrating and, and partying. And yeah, it's game day. Time to get crunk. When you do that, be safe. Don't drive. But if you make a mistake or a loved one makes a mistake and you need to have legal representation, don't say guilty. Say Garza. Marcos Garza and his team are East Tennessee's premier DUI defense, criminal defense, and personal injury lawyers. They'll try to get you the best result possible in your case because, let's face it, that's what you're going to want. You're going to want somebody who's got your back. Marcos has your back. Before you say guilty, say Garza. You can contact them 24-7, 365 at GarzaLaw.com or through the phone at 865-540-8300. Let's get to the episode. I mean, this is the last stand. You're listening to The Unfiltered. Well, I hate to say I told you so. There's nothing to be done besides to get on Twitter and tweet to all my dumbass followers. But I told you so. Hey, I told you so. The controversial. He's a dumbass. He can't do math. He's an idiot. He gets his hair cut at Walmart. Look at that shitty haircut. The realest podcast in the Southeast. Let the dogs loose. Let the goons be goons. 11 in a row. 11 in a row. 11 in a row. Enough. <laughs> 38 in a row. As in 38 on this point when we were whipping that ass. Ranch gang, stand up. The holy war is upon us. Welcome to Reed's Ranch, the podcast with Seth Hughes. Like, just quit acting like this is any fun at all. Another edition of Reed's Ranch, an undefeated edition of Reed's Ranch. Seth Hughes joins me down in Alabama. It is September 5th. How are you, my friend? Good. How are you doing? I am okay. Solid. Kind of bored. Kind of bored. I hate this time of year whenever it's just like, hey, we're winning, but we got to play Austin P. It does. It, it makes the middle of the week tough for me. I don't get too fired up talking about games like this. So I'm hoping you've got a lot to say. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, I, I thought Saturday was very boring. I left. We left at the end of the third quarter. I was back home on the couch with my mom and dad before 4 p.m. Central Time. It's pretty good. I mean, it was tremendous. It's tremendous. Didn't see a single. Didn't see a single state trooper on the interstate Saturday afternoon. It was pretty surprising for holiday weekend. I thought the game was very, very boring. Virginia was just, I mean, my goodness. Dreadful. I think there was, I saw one guy on Virginia. Now, I'm not a line guy. Like, I don't watch the lines, okay? But I saw one guy I thought they had played for Tennessee, and that was number eight, the big Malachi Fields, maybe? The big number eight wide receiver. I mean, he, he could probably play at Tennessee. Other than that, do they have a single dude that could play at UT? Didn't seem like it. I mean, I thought he was pretty good. I thought he, he was a good-looking athlete. Other than that, I mean, they were absolutely hapless. I mean, they just could not. Is there anything to take away from our performance? Um, The offensive line did get better the second half of fall camp, I think it's safe to say. I think just because we didn't have any snapping issues. You know, we found a 
We found another center in Dane Davis. I think that's pretty good. Um, I would like to. I wonder if they'll play Dane Davis at center and Ollie Lane at left guard Saturday. What's the latest on Cooper? Florida. I don't expect him to play before Florida. I don't even know if he will then. Um, but definitely not this weekend. And it just seems like left guard is still the question, and Ollie Lane is your best left guard. So maybe try that out. I don't really know what you can take away from Keenan Peely looked pretty good. I thought we had a couple of defenders who popped. I mean, Pierce was awesome. I thought Beasley looked great. I thought our linebackers looked really good. Our linebackers looked awesome. Our secondary still doesn't seem to want to turn their head for the ball, so that's a little annoying. But on the first drive, I think they got their hands in and perfectly ripped one out, which you can maybe do that to Virginia wide receivers. It'll make me nervous doing it against better players, but still kind of drives me crazy. Yeah. Yeah, you're not the first person I've seen complain about this. I told Luke one time Saturday, I said at least he was, you know, at least he was there. Wait, who's Luke? My best friend, my best friend. Oh, okay. I told him, who, big brother Big John got the pleasure of meeting Saturday. First time, huh? I believe so, yeah. He's a big old Bro, boy. Big, big John, Big John was sitting right in front of us. <laughs> That's tough, I bet you couldn't see. Charlie Collier was sitting beside me and Luke with his family. I don't know if he recognized me. He definitely didn't because he didn't say anything to me. We we had quite a little section. <clears throat> um, yeah, I, I didn't know if he if I didn't know if he knew who I was when I said hey to him. But I, our cornerbacks were at least in the vicinity of the play. They were at least with the guy. I mean, that just seemed like a huge improvement to me. Uh, I guess they totally ignored the side of the field that Nico Slaughter was on, which is, I think is a good thing. I mean. You know, for half the season last year, we didn't really have a, a good cornerback, and now we at least have one. So, I don't know. They were so bad. The offense was vanilla. The running backs looked great. Joe looked solid. Not really worried. I think he only had really one bad throw. The the pass across the middle, it should have been intercepted. Yeah, yeah that was a bad dropped read. It. That, that was a bad read. That was a bad throw. Outside of that, Thought he was solid. Was there another one in the red zone that got tipped by? Looked like I kind of jumped the route. Linebacker hanging. Yeah, there was there was one in the middle of the field that I I do remember thinking that like if that's a good team it might be picked and maybe a pick yeah. six. Yeah, I thought yeah that one was a little but that was early but that, I, I thought he played really good from the second quarter on. And the first quarter could have been a lot better had you know Keaton caught that that bomb obviously. I also wonder if. Aside from that, that um, Dante Thornton might have I – w- I wondered when it happened if Dante Thornton messed up that one route down the seam where we threw it to him in the end zone, and then that was when we got the false start because Squirrel was, like, running onto the field because Dante came off. Because, like, the, the middle of the field was wide open, and Dante Thornton – it just seemed like he should have cut that route off inside. Instead, I thought either way it was a th- late throw by Milton, though. Okay, it might have been. I thought it was a late throw. I don't know if it was a – I mean, Joe didn't throw the ball to the middle of the field, and it's like you're not really supposed to be waiting for the actual cut. I mean, the good the good quarterbacks kind of yeah. throw you know, anticipation. Yeah. I thought Milton was a second late on that throw and, you know, kind of ran out of space in the end zone and didn't really give – didn't really give Thornton the best chance to make a play. I do think Thornton had a chance to make the play, but I, I thought that was a bad throw by Joe too. But 
it all might of those have were been, early. It might have been a bad throw. Yeah. Yep. All of those were early, and I don't really. Not here's really what too I think about. about here's what I think about Joe, is that if you're going to name him your starting quarterback and he's going to be your guy, then you have to give him some grace to not be perfect and mess up. And you know, I mean, he was probably jacked up because it's his first time in two years starting. Probably nervous. You have to give him some leeway. I mean, Hendon was Hendon was not great against Pittsburgh. Uh, funny enough, I think Hendon was Hendon might have been National Player of the Week last year after Pitt, but he wasn't that great either. I mean, he missed some throws. He did not pass the eye test against Pittsburgh. I didn't think he passed the stats test, and and also like his first quarter, we, you know, we we got shut out the first quarter basically until like I think a minute left. Yeah. Um, you know, there can you have I don't think Tennessee can really afford to have a lull against a good team like they did Saturday. The good news is Tennessee's gonna get better because every single team Josh Heupel's had at Tennessee, they have gotten, you know, demonstrably better on offense, especially the first month of the season. I mean, you look at what Tennessee was doing against Bowling Green his first year compared to what they were doing against Missouri and South Carolina like a month later. Year one, what they did against Pitt last year compared to what they were doing to Florida and LSU last year. I mean, they get better at the beginning of the year. There's no reason to expect anything different. The Joe wasn't overthrowing the ball like he did a couple years ago. I mean, both deep balls he really threw were on the money. One was I th- dropped. I thought he underthrew the drop, but I mean, that's what we wanted. We don't want overthrows. Give your guy a chance to make a play. It wouldn't. Have, it should have been a touchdown. Yep. It Correct. wasn't a touchdown, obviously. He dropped it. I think he would have gotten tackled even if he didn't drop it. But you'll take 60 yards over, you know, throwing it too far. And Keaton had to chop his steps and slow down a bit. But, again, obviously should have made the catch. It was still a really, really good throw. But it wasn't an overthrow. If anything, it was an underthrow. I thought his best play of the day was when he stepped up in the pocket and still I think it was the last drive of the first half. He stepped up in the pocket. And he, he could have scrambled for like 10 yards in a first down, but he kept his eyes downfield and threw a bullet to Squirrel or Keaton. He looked really good. I thought he looked good moving in the pocket. I thought he looked good moving in the pocket. There was a time where he, where he took off running, I thought, was a good decision. I thought his decision-making was, wasn't was terrible. I mean, I, I expect him to get a lot better. If he's your guy, you have to give him some room in his first game, his first time starting in two years to – you know, work some kinks out, get the butterflies out of the way. I just I see no reason to expect that he won't get any better. I think you said a C plus game from him. I think that's I think that's right on the money. He has to get a lot better. Uh, it's a C plus grade with the idea that he's supposed to be a top level quarterback. Like I mean, compared to how he played in twenty twenty one, that was an A plus game, right? But now you know I've raised the expectations because a lot of people are talking about him being a Heisman finalist. I think the expectations for this season is to win the SEC East. Like, I really do think that's, you know, that's what our goal is. And it's not crazy to say because you're going to play Georgia at home. With those expectations and and, and judging from that level, it's an AP calculus class. It's an AP class. I'm going to judge a little bit tougher. C+. I don't think Heupel did him any favors, but I think that's by design. His wide receivers didn't do him too many favors. I didn't think we went very fast. I didn't think we went very fast. We did the first drive up until we got to like the red zone. Then we kind of stalled out and had to go for that fourth down. Then I thought the next couple of drives with Jabari Smalley, we didn't seem to get in the same rhythm. But the drive before half, which you know you talked about Joe making his best play, 
thought that was our best drive of the game. We went down the field. I think it was nine plays, like a minute, 30 seconds, and a touchdown. 90 and yards. ran the ball. Ran the ball so much. It was hilarious. Just just went right down the field, made it happen. And then the second half, we just, you know, we, we just did whatever we wanted to in the second half. 49 to 13. Virginia sucks, but it was a ho-hum win, and it was a ho-hum cover. Some people had started betting on Virginia before the game. The line went from 27 and a half down to like 26. So somebody somewhere was doubting that Tennessee could do that. So I don't want to hear that Virginia just sucks because somebody was believing in them. Yeah, I mean, look, Tennessee, like, it could be, I mean, like, winning a game like that is so much better. It could be Baylor. You could be Texas Tech, who unfathomably played at Wyoming in 7,000 feet above sea level. Like, it was boring, but sometimes boring is good. It's underrated. Boring in a game like Saturday is probably underrated. Well, it's boring. It's boring, but... It's a win. It's a blowout win. There's a lot of schools that just slug their way through wins. Like, Georgia couldn't feel good about their win. Now, I understand their their expectations, their goals a little bit different as back-to-back national champions, but they looked like they were not having fun at all for a quarter and a half. Like, that, that didn't look fun. We were never in doubt. We won. We got some stats. And, you know, we, we, we blew out and did what we wanted. We knew the Virginia game was going to be boring. Like, th- there was no real other way to do that. That game was exactly how it was always going to be. Obviously, no thoughts about Austin P. Do you have any thoughts about the rest of Tennessee's schedule? The ceiling, 10-2, and 11-1. Florida looks like dog shit. So I thought South Florida, Carolina can't block. I thought Florida, like, okay, there's a lot has been said about Florida's, like, players. I mean, they don't have anybody that can take the top off of the defense at all. They looked, and Kirk Herbstreit mentioned this, they looked so slow on defense. Mertz didn't throw the ball down the field. All his throws were, like, from zero to nine yards. But I thought Florida looked so poorly coached. More than anything to me right now, my takeaway from Florida is how poorly coached they looked. All you need to know is that they were hanging around in the game. Utah was punting, and they had two players on the field with the same number. Got a penalty, which led to a Utah first down, which led to a Utah touchdown, and at that point, the game was over. That is poor coaching. I thought they looked so poorly coached. I mean, just the one thing that we knew about Florida – well, let me rephrase that. Going into the game, if there was one thing we knew about Florida, it was that, you know, they had some good backs. They're probably going to be able to run the ball, and we would have been completely wrong because they couldn't do anything on the ground with two good running backs. Uh, like, Utah's best defensive lineman and best linebacker were out of the game, too, right? Like, Utah was missing guys on defense, not to mention they were missing their starting tight end and starting quarterback, their top two quarterbacks. And the first play from scrimmage, the walk on third stringer launches, you know, a, I mean, it was beautiful, but, a, you know, a 75-yard touchdown pass for a touchdown. 75-yard touchdown pass. Yeah, like, I just thought Florida was was very, very poorly coached. I didn't watch the South Carolina game. I was watching the Alabama game with some friends. South Carolina can't block. They gave up nine sacks. They they Their offensive line was the big question mark coming into the season, and it looks worse than usual. And that's North Carolina's defensive line, who I'm assuming doesn't have as many dogs as, as teams in the SEC will have. 
I'm assuming North Carolina doesn't have James Pierce Jr. <laughs> right, who looked like he was shot out of a cannon multiple times. Like Or Tyler Barron. Yeah, like, they're, they dominated nine sacks. Like, in South Carolina, couldn't run the ball. It, it looks like it's going to be very, very bad for South Carolina this year. I thought Spencer Rattler played great, you know, considering that every time he dropped back, he had somebody in his face, basically. Him and Leggett are good. But, he, he and uh, Leggett are good. I, going back to Florida, just something that drove me crazy. I haven't seen anybody really point out, but, like, I feel like the one throw that, like, any quarterback can make is, like, hey, play action, deep shot down the middle of the field. I feel like that's the one play you have to watch, especially whenever a team's trying to, like, send a statement early. Florida falling for that and getting beat for one play of the 75-yard touchdown, that's such an indictment on coaching as far as I'm concerned. you got to have two safeties back and just be like, hey – Watch deep. We're going to make this guy see if he can dink and dunk and beat us running the ball. And, like, we're going to make him go on seven, eight, ten-play drives. Instead, it was one and done. And that, you know, is really all they needed. I do love the fact that, and I did not know this until I was looking it up Friday morning on the Discord when we were talking about the game, like, because somebody posted a picture of their special teams coordinator. He's listed as, now you, I don't, I'm sure you saw this. Like, their special teams coordinator is, his title is not, that his title is Game Changer Coordinator. That is his title. Well, I looked up their staff on their athletic department's website. He is an analyst only. They do not have they do not have a coach that is dedicated to special teams. So he's making fifty thousand dollars a year, thirty five thousand dollars a year. Yep, and he can't coach on the field. He cannot coach his players. He can't coach. He can assist with game plan. He can't recruit on. He can't recruit, and he can't coach. They they have two offensive line coaches though. They have two offensive line coaches, but no special teams coach because he is the game changer coordinator is an analyst. And then they have a, a penalty on fourth down where two guys have the same jersey number on. Yeah. 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 Billy Napier is going to get fired. And, and, and the thing where, so it looked like there, there were eight people on the field in that one picture. On the field goal. Yeah. 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 So it turns out there's another view, which I didn't see until, uh, or I didn't hear about it until yesterday, listening to Andy Staples, that. They looked like there were 10 people on the field in a different view, but what, regardless, they didn't have enough people. They didn't have 11 people on the field. I mean, they had some bad miscues. But they have that's a unit that doesn't have a coach. So Billy's in trouble. It's a $31 million buyout. Well, it only goes down $5 million next year, I think, too, right? Like, So it's not even like you really save money for, for keeping him because you're going to have to pay a salary, obviously, and then it just only goes down $5 million. Yeah. So the buyout shouldn't be a deterrent because, I mean, we've talked about it before, but their 2024 schedule uh, ain't, no, ain't oh, much yeah. easier. It's brutal. No. Now, maybe you just make him walk the plank, but can you afford to punt on two years in a time where you see first-year coaches coming in and flipping rosters and at least, like, looking better? Like, Deion Sanders looked better on offense than Billy Napier has in, you know, a, a season plus one game. How, ma- how many penalties did Colorado? This is the most amazing thing to me. I think Colorado had four penalties. Somebody fact check me. I think they had four penalties. That is probably the craziest thing to me about Colorado. Yeah, like, yeah, they won, which is amazing. But they had, I'm looking up right now how many penalties they had. I think I think they had four penalties. Now, you contrast that with... Um, Billy Napier. Okay, they had six. They had six penalties for 35 yards. They had six penalties for 35 yards. So... Like that, you know, they look, you're, you're correct. They looked immensely better coached than Billy Napier and the Gators did. 
And the, the, this Florida Gators rooting class, it's been talked about a lot. It's really good, but there's nobody from the state of Florida in it. I mean, there's very few people. They have like four commits from Florida last time I checked, last time I saw. Like, if they start losing, are those guys going to stick around? I mean, maybe, but I feel like there's a better chance they don't because they're out-of-state guys. You can't keep a coach because you're worried about a recruiting class falling apart. No, you can't. But that's one of the biggest sales he has. No, that's fine. But, like, that is fool's gold. That is, like... Correct. You can have as many talented players as you want, but if you ruin them and you can't coach them and you run an antiquated offense, like, what good does that do? I mean, I guess you can make the argument that you're setting up the next coach. Yeah, his argument then is that he's Ron Zook. Well, yeah, but that doesn't work in the transfer portal era. Yeah. That doesn't work in the transfer portal era. So, I mean... A lot. Florida contrastly had nine penalties for 46 yards. So, you know, but like in key situations, just not having enough guys on the field, not having the right jersey numbers on the field, just poorly, poorly coached. And they're a train wreck. The, the spread went from seven to nine and a half after their game on Thursday. I imagine it's going to be 10, 11 points by the time we actually get there next week. Has it? So it stayed at nine and a half since? Uh, I haven't checked. I haven't checked, honestly. I just saw it moved after their game. Saturday. Somebody listening, check. I, I'm curious to know what it. I got my did phone charging right now. After after our game, yeah, they, I thought they looked just. I thought they just looked so poorly cut, but it, and it is insane that they don't have a wide receiver that can take the take the top off the defense. I mean, somebody they had somebody that posted, one like white receiver who could get first downs and could get like seven their best yards. Player. He could get seven yards on the end of round, but yeah, they had nobody who could that you could fear. Here's what here Ricky Pearsall is a is a pretty decent little slot receiver. Okay, like I, I don't mean that as a slight. Like he's a he's a nice slot receiver. And I'm sorry if I called him white. He's not white, but he looked white on. TV. He's he, he's white. He's white. Um, he's a nice slot receiver. He's their best player, skill wise outside. I mean, I saw somebody. I think brother CB had posted a screenshot that they had paid him five hundred thousand dollars to stay. Now I, I have a hard time believing that. I don't know if that's true or not, but if they did, I mean, they should have went out and got somebody on the outside that can like stretch the field. They no offense to Ricky. They, they should have taken that $500,000 and tried to get Coleman from Michigan State who came and whipped LSU's ass because he looked like mini A.J. Green out there was making big-time plays. Yeah. He was unguardable in jump ball situations, one-on-one situations. So, like, that was bad money. That was bad money spent. Uh, I just, I mean, I mean, I thought that they would be bad, but you know, Billy Napier talked up his team this off season. Like, I remember listening to Andy Staples a month ago, who's a very he he graduated from Florida, played at Florida, but he is extremely, extremely fair, and he talked about like people at Florida were starting to talk this team up, that there was some very quiet optimism about this team, and Billy Napier was pretty positive about this team. And it's just kind of like, what was there to be positive about? It leads me to think that coaches are full of shit, Seth, because I know for a fact that Jeremy Pruitt and his coaches were talking themselves up before the 2018 West Virginia game about how they're going to run down West Virginia's throat, and they got blown up on the very first play and got knocked 10 yards back. Yeah, these coaches Crowder. and Clemson talking about how they're going to revamp their offense and do all these things and then go out and score seven points against Duke. These coaches are just kind of full of shit. 
are these coaches aware that you have to have wide receivers? Like it's you like, have they paid attention to the NFL draft and how many wide receivers are drafted in like the first round now? Like Clemson, North Florida don't have anything on the outside. They are trying to win with running backs only. It's insane to me. Like watching Clemson, Clemson's offensive line sucked. I thought Clemson's offensive line was atrocious, but yet again, because he won't take anybody in the portal. Their wide receivers are so pedestrian. So are Florida's. Dabo's anti-portal. Yeah. The only guy he took was Hunter Johnson. Who was, he took as like a, he like Hunter Johnson started at Clemson and right. then transferred to Northwestern to play. That's the only guy he's taken. Um, he won't take anybody in the portal. So it's kind of like, and then to top it all off, he apparently is trying to do the Nick Saban offense thing where, you know, like when you get hired to be the offensive coordinator at Alabama, you don't bring your playbook with you. You are given the Alabama playbook, which Nick Saban can do things like that. Okay. And well, Nick Saban revamped his offense and made it fat, you know, made it fast and fun and real shot. And John Nick Tyson. Saban, Nick Saban was winning games and decided, you know what I need to do? I need to totally modernize and just start scoring a billion points. Like, Apparently, last night, well, Dabo last night was like, we know we hired him to run the Clemson offense, which that's the issue. Like, you hire Garrett Riley, you hire him to call plays his way. That's why you hire him. It's like hiring Josh Heupel and telling him he can't call plays. Like, there's one thing that we know unequivocally Josh Heupel can do. Why would you take that away from him? Same with Garrett Riley. Yeah, someone, someone on Twitter in my mentions compared it to the end of Philip Fulmer. And just like, you know, the coordinators and just kind of how it all comes crashing down. And you don't. He can match. probably hold on longer because it's in the ACC. And he's younger. So, like, I do think he'll hold on longer. But it does feel like his championship window has slammed shut. Yeah, I mean, it's just they looked so pedestrian. Like, people talk about the two quarterbacks, and yes, they were amazing. But they had some awesome wide receivers. Justin Ross in that championship game against Alabama is a true freshman before he broke his back or whatever, was amazing. They don't have anybody like that. Mike Williams is really, really good, too. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Florida just looks so poorly coached. I mean, Xavier Leggett at South Carolina is a better athlete than anything Florida and Clemson have, I'd say. Like, they would do well to, like, go get that dude. Let's get to some patron questions. Patreon.com slash Reed's Ranch. If you want to hop in the Discord, support Seth's kids, meet up with us for Gator Gate down in Gainesville. Got some new patrons to shout out. A uh, lot to sift through here. Business is booming. Let's see here. We got uh new uh, $2 patron, Landon Seabaugh. Shout out to Brother Landon. We love you and appreciate you. New $5 patron, Josh Kelly. Shout out to Brother Joshua. We love you and appreciate you. New $5 patron, Austin Ford. Shout out to Brother Austin. We love you and appreciate you. New $5 patron, Jackson Martin. Shout out to Brother Jackson. We love you and appreciate you. New $5 patron, Brad. Shout out to Brother Bradley, a.k.a. Brad. We love you and appreciate you. New $5 patron, Eric Adams. Shout out to Brother Eric Adams, who I assume is not the New York City mayor, but I love him nonetheless. We love you and appreciate you. Wouldn't it be something if he was? It would be so cool. Orlando Vidal just upped his pledge to $10. Shout out to Brother Orlando. We love you and appreciate you. A cool name. That's a cool name. Sam Ellis up Titch Plaz to $10. Shout out to Brother Samuel, a.k.a. Sam. We love you and appreciate you. New $10 patron, Dakota Phrase. Shout out to Brother Dakota. We love you and appreciate you. And Zach Elliott up Titch Plaz to $50. <laughs> 
shout out to Brother Zach. We love you and appreciate you. Kids are eating good. Very, very much. We love you more than any of them, Zach. That is true. That is true. We love you all, but yes, Zach's number one right now. Although I gotta give a couple of other shout outs. There's a there's a couple other people who've who've been holding steady for a while at, at nice levels. So I won't say I love Zach the most, honestly. Zach, I don't love Zach the most. I love Zach, but not the most. Brother Marwan, aka Wheezy, asks most encouraging thing you saw Saturday. Florida. Oh, that's Thursday. Uh well, well, that counts. That counts. Yeah. Florida being terrible. That was the most encouraging thing I saw. I mean, James Pierce, James Pierce and the linebackers. The front seven I thought was pretty good. We actually have some dudes on there, it feels like. I feel like we've been getting by under Hypo without having like any true dudes on there. I know we've had a couple, you know, but like felt like we had like three or four guys who could really, really play. Yeah, it so to add to that, Tyler Barron is a third down only defensive tackle on this team. Like that's pretty good. That that alone to me says the talent level has really, like you said, increased. They, you know, um, two years ago, Tyler Barron was playing a lot of snaps at all downs. Like right now, he's just he's just a third down guy. Brother Big Chevy says, "No question. Just want to say I love you both, and we love you." I love you, Big Chevy. Brother Big Orange Sloth asks, what is something your parents say or used to say all the time while watching the Vols play that would make you laugh or make you mad? My mom loves to banshee scream, get him, anytime the opposing team is running with the ball. Get him! Get him! I love the good get him. My dad, it's if there is 12 minutes left in the first quarter and we're playing Alabama and Alabama has opened up on their opening drive with the, with the field goal to go up three to nothing, the game is over. The game is over. And it drives me absolutely insane. I mean, there could be literally 57 minutes left in the game and the game is over, the sky's falling. It's time to put on slack, sackcloth and ashes and wail. My mom does this thing where she like pretends that she's not paying attention, but she is. And then she'll ask like, but she's not paying like 100% attention. And then she'll ask us what happened, like what's going on. And it drives me insane because it's like, mom, just make up your mind. Either you hate football and you don't want to watch it or you just watch the game with us. Don't sit there and knit and keep one eye on the TV and one eye on your little pattern you're making. Yeah, neither one, neither one of my parents really had too annoying of a thing. My mom just kind of likes to ask me what I think. Like, if I'm watching the game with her, she's like, well, do you think they're going to do this? Do you think they're going to win? Do you think this, this, this? She doesn't really have any strong takes. My dad, I never really watched football with him, honestly, at least Tennessee football, just because it just kind of never worked out that way. But ba- watching basketball with him, he was a big travel guy. He liked pointing out every – trying to put on every travel. <laughs> I was like my mom. How people couldn't shoot. He he talked a lot about that. He was very critical of people shooting and they're traveling. That's so good. My mom. My mom will ask me a lot who I want to win. Like just any game, you know. My mom's like, "Who do you want to win, Seth?" Same. I'm like, that's what my mom says. I'm like, mom, I'm just. It doesn't really matter. As a gambler, when my parents ask me that, I always have to like pretend like I'm not rooting for anybody or come up with some like bullshit reason to why I'm rooting for a team. Like I always say, the team I'm rooting for. 
But then, like, I never say it's because I have money on it. It's always because of, well, this, this, and this, and try to sell that. that that's also an annoying question. Yeah. Brother Baby Cam Truther asks, who is more annoying, Florida State or Clemson? Florida State shut our ass up, didn't they? They did. I have to tip my hat. They put their money where their mouth is. They ran their mouth all summer long, and they proceeded to flip it out and put it on the table in the second half. They sure did. Right now, Florida State drives me insane. I mean, I went on a whole rant about them. But for Tennessee purposes, it's very, very good if Clemson sucks, I think. There's a lot of people in the state of Georgia that are never going to go to Georgia, and for a while they've been going to Clemson. And, you know... Those are guys Tennessee can get. They used to get them all. So hopefully they really are on the down on on the on the downswing. Yeah, I don't find Florida State as annoying as you do, but the Clemson stuff, I don't even know if I find them annoying anymore because I don't know if their fans are still gonna like have the same arrogance that they used to. I feel like they kind of know that like, hey, things ain't right here. I do find Dabo annoying, though. Clemson should just be... Clemson fans should just... They should... They have hopefully come to, like, terms with the fact that they had an, an absolutely incredible six- to eight-year run or whatever it was. They got two national titles, and nobody can just stay up that good for that long. I mean, you just, you know... Clemson just just be thankful that they got to see two national titles um, and got some, like, all-time great players long to go with it. And that they got to see Tony Vitello whip it out earlier this year. Just five years ago, people were arguing in favor of Dabo against Nick Saban. Uh, he had an incredible run. I know, and it's I over. Mean, it sure is over. That's what I'm saying. Like, like people talk about, is Dabo on fraud? What? Like, Dabo won two national titles. People say, well, he had so-and-so. And so. Well, yeah, that's the whole damn point, guys. The whole damn point was to get Trevor Lawrence. He, they had an incredible run, and it's impossible to stay on the top, to stay on top indefinitely. That's, so Clemson fans should just be thankful that they had what they had, and it's over now. And that's okay, because you, you smile because it happened. You don't cry because it's over. It's just that simple. This is the fortune cookie bullshit. <laughs> Brother CB, back with another good question again. If Dion has success, and he he labels success as go to a bowl game at a minimum, other first year coaches follow the trend of flipping entire rosters, or is Dion just going to be an anomaly? Well, the Texas State guy did the same thing. I was gonna say that's say he's not an anomaly on that alone because GJ Kenny won beat Baylor. He beat Baylor's ass. He took uh, he took fifty guys in the portal as well. Yeah, he like brought his whole he bring like he brought like huge swaths of his team with him, right? I have no clue. From, I have no clue. Okay, I think I think he brought guys with him from Incarnate Word. So yeah, he 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 was fifty plus guys too. So yeah, I mean I think you have to like you. That's going to be a part of like selling. Now there might be some schools who are like, hey, we don't want to do this. We don't want to be the school that completely guts our roster and sends away guys that have been here and kind of process them. We don't want to do that. But it depends on how bad you want to win, man. There'll be plenty of schools that say, hey, coach, do whatever you want. 
It depends on who you are, too, I think. Now, I don't know who the guy from Texas State got. You said it from Incarnate Word. I don't know. That's where he was. That's where he was. I believe he brought a lot of his team with him. I mean, him. I can't imagine he was getting too many good players from correct from anywhere else because he's at Texas State. But, like, uh, what I would also say is that, like, not everyone's Dion. Dion, Dion has a lot of pool where you could tell guys, hey, come play for me. And it seems <laughs> cool to play for him. And Dion's one of the coolest football players of my lifetime. Now I don't know, you know, how much the kids like resonate with him since they like weren't really born when he was playing. Well that's the he's the entire that's the entire reason why Travis Hunter was going to was committed to Florida State and that's the entire reason why he flipped to go play for Dion was because of Dion. Yeah, yeah. So like he can go out and get and Travis Hunter, I mean that guy's a monster. <laughs> that that interception yeah, was crazy. That, that guy's a monster and he almost had a nasty touchdown catch as well. Like he he's a beast. Yep. And you know if you're going to be somebody who wants to come and ball out, like Dion seems like a really fun coach to go and ball out for. I don't know how many people can completely flip the roster like him. I think it would be very cool to be told, hey, you know what? We'll let you play both ways. The crazy thing is, was he, he didn't, he played both ways for Jackson State, but not like this. Yeah, no, he played. I mean, he, he played, I want 100 snaps, I think I saw. It was like over 120. No, what I will say is that this could all have a bad ending if he gets hurt. So, like, something to keep an eye on there. It was great for one game. I hope he doesn't do that every game, but they're going to need him to. Yeah. That little little running back they flipped from Notre Dame was pretty good, too. Yeah, I mean, he was just catching nonstop passes out of the backfield and just couldn't catch him. Brother Garrick asks... Do you feel any different about our secondary after the UVA game, John? No. No, I don't. Because okay. it's UVA, and I want to see them go up against a better opponent. He asked me how I'm preparing for the COVID resurgence. It's not It's not a thing. It's not a thing. They can try to make it a thing, but it's just not going to work in the Southeast. It's not going to work in the Southeast. It's just, it's over. COVID's over. Brother Blue Moon Vol. Just don't let me wear a mask on a plane again, and don't take away my sports. Brother Blue Moon Vol asks, favorite Jimmy Buffett memory? Right below, someone says, the one we just got. Yeah, it's pretty cold. That is pretty cold. I don't have any Jimmy Buffett memories, really. I dated a girl once that loved Jimmy Buffett. breaking up with her was cool I guess um I like the line from South Park where they say that the only people who like Jimmy Buffett are frat guys and drunk college girls in the south that made me laugh when I heard that for the first time because she was a drunk college girl in the south those are my favorite memories I suppose I went we had a radio remote one time at Margaritaville no one came that was a bad memory I didn't keep that sponsor those are all the ones I got the first time I heard him say, uh, funny you should ask Alan on 5 o'clock somewhere, I thought that was funny. I ate at a Margaritaville in like San Juan or St. Thomas or St. Martin. Or Humble brag. Time. And um, it was so loud in there. It was so miserable. It was so loud. And there's like these just people it's like you know noon on a weekday and like you see like adult women like just getting hammered and like dancing around and like my youngest sister who is like eight at the time is so tired she's passed out like just with her head flat on the table sleeping 
And it was just such a miserable experience. And that's like the only Jimmy Buffett memory I have because I've never listened to Jimmy Buffett. I I didn't know that people listened to Jimmy Buffett until Blue Moon Vault. Really? I no, didn't know see, it was no, a see, thing. That, I told you that girl I dated. She was all in the culture. She was a parrot head. Her and her dad would go to concerts. I knew it was a big deal. We got we got a couple of parrot heads in our Discord. Like, the music that I listened to growing up is the music my dad listened to growing up. It's the music my dad listened to. So, like, he never listened to Jimmy Buffett. So, like, I didn't know it was a thing. Like, I knew about it's 5 o'clock somewhere. And, like, I mean, what? It's, like, big Hawaiian shirts and stuff like that. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't know anything about Jimmy Buffett. But I am sorry for Brother Blue Moon Ball. I am sorry for you because I love you. I love you dearly. Don't forget Krabs. He's a parrot head as well. Like I said, Brother Boom and Vaughn, I'm really sorry for you because I love you. Krebs needs to have some taste. That's all I'll say about that. I expect better out of Krebs. Fair enough. Blue Moon Vaughn was like in the right age demographic to unironically love Jimmy Buffett. Krebs is like 28 years old. Okay, fair enough. I mean, he's still sad, though, you know? Yeah, I mean... Brother OG Matt asks, what is your reaction to John Campbell blocking some UVA player into Williamson County? Honestly, I kind of felt bad for the guy from Virginia. Man, that right... The right tackle for Virginia... I know that I'm flipping lines here, but the right tackle for Virginia... He he was seeing ghosts during the game, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. I felt I felt I, I reached the point during the game right. It was bad. bad for the boys. It was bad. Like James Pierce looked awesome, and James Pierce wasn't even making a move. He made one dead leg move on one pass rush that okay. basically set the rest of his day up because there was a third down that he faked outside and just went inside and got an easy sack. And from that point yeah. on, he was just beating him around the edge every time because he got him so bad. With the hesitation inside move, he did that the very first. He did that the very first sack, and then after that, it was just blowing right past him. Every I think all, all four sacks were on third down, which is good. I will say about John Campbell, he made a really good decision to come play for Glenn Ellerby. Um, that was a smart decision by John Campbell. Glenn Ellerby is an awesome, awesome coach. I have no, I I mean, he is an amazing offensive line coach. And John Campbell made a really good decision. John Campbell is going to have a really good year at left tackle. Um, that that those are my thoughts. Yeah, I felt bad for Virginia. That was my thought. Like that guy. That guy's a meme now. That guy's going to get, you know, roasted online. Tony Elliott. Great quote from him just saying, hey, just getting to play was a win for us. That's how you deflect, buddy. That's how you do it. <laughs> We're just happy to be playing ball. That's how you do it. That, that, that's, that's big time. That's smart there. Brother brother Mason, a.k.a. Willie Martinez Truther, who I, who I did not get a chance to see Saturday, but I'm told Brother Mike Palmer ran into him. He asks, Question for both is the best question we've had on this episode. Would you go through the John McCain experience to guarantee a national championship in every major sport in a single year? 
So you're saying to be, a, to, uh, to be a politician that loses a presidential election and then people start hating because you kind of change on your team or, or what are you saying? I, th- I think brother Mason's talking about the whole, the whole POW. Oh, oh the torture, the torture, the torture. Yeah. To win a natty in every sport. And do I get to enjoy them? Like I, I'm not like in a, I'm not a prisoner of war with no TV, right? Like I'm not doing it just for everyone else. Like I get to enjoy them myself, right? Yeah, yeah, you get to enjoy them. You get to enjoy them. I mean, if you throw in a Super Bowl and a Hawks championship, and I kind of get to space them out a little bit. I mean, John McCain came out of it. He did. Makes you wonder. It makes you wonder, doesn't it? Now, I don't know what type of PTSD he was working with. Uh, I didn't hear any stories about him screaming in the middle of the night or anything, but I, I already don't sleep very good. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I already can't really fall asleep. So who's to say that's worse than my demons? You know what I mean? So how long was John McCain a prisoner for? Was it under like five years? I'll, I'll look this up right yeah, now. Yeah, find out how long it was because I wouldn't, I wouldn't go away for like years. I would take some torture. Because, like, he didn't have, like, any limbs cut off, right? Like, he still had his penis, right? No one cut his penis off. I believe so, because he, he ended up having a child. Yeah, yeah, so he didn't lose his penis. He was a prisoner of war for five and a half years. Oh, God. No. He no, was his he, he was left permanently incapable of raising his arms above his head, so you couldn't, you couldn't signal touchdown when Derrick Henry runs into the end zone. I wouldn't be able to hit um, any overhand smashes in pickleball either. Yeah. That's tough, because I love the overhand smash. I'm going to say no, not doing five and a half years. What kind of torture makes it where you can't raise your arms? What were they doing there? Just like nerve damage, I guess, or what? Like, what What were they doing? Burning him with, like, something? Severed some nerves? How does the body work? You know, I don't know what they were doing. Do we have any um, torture experts? In they, the- were chained ab- they were chained up above his head. Yep, so the nerves, the nerves like just went out. Yeah, oh, no, no. I, okay, I would take like a couple. I'd take a month of like waterboarding and some stuff. But what, am I led to believe he was standing with his hands chained above his head for five and a half years? Like, surely they let it down sometimes, right? He was bound and beaten every two hours. This occurred at the same time he was suffering from heat exhaustion and dysentery. Oh yeah, I'm gonna say no. I don't love I don't love sports that much. I'm balled up, but I'm not I'm not that level of balled up. Brother Oven asks, most receiving yards on Sunday, Chig, Burks, or D-Hop? It's obviously Hopkins. Over Traylon Burks? He's DeAndre Hopkins, bro. Have you forgotten Bur- about him? Well, no, you were just so high on, on Traylon Burks. I think Traylon Burks is going to be really good, but I think DeAndre Hopkins, I think he's still got some left in the tank, my guy. Now, you know, you could argue that maybe he'll be double teamed and, like, you know, Burks gets to go out and do other stuff, I guess. But I, I think Hopkins is going to be really good. I think we I think we got a good one-two punch. I think the Titans have a really solid one-two punch of receivers. People make fun of us. We ain't got no good skill players, blah, 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 blah. I trust both of our receivers. Until they get hurt. Knock on wood until they get hurt. Finally, Brother Lane asks a degenerate question. 
I'm just reading the question off. Question for John, would you consider the pineapple lifestyle if you were married? Well, when I was younger in college, there was one time, this isn't necessarily pineapple lifestyle, but it was me and a girl who I was dating and another girl. This was early on in college. This is early on in college. And like freshman year, sophomore year, before anybody really knew me. I don't even think you knew me at this point. We had um we had sex in the bed next to each other. Not like swinging, right? Like we didn't like touch each other really. I kind of touched the girl. She was into it, but the guy, me and him, you know, the the guy didn't touch my girl. Anything, anyways. You know, the girls kind of kissed, whatever. But I gotta be honest, the guy's hog. I'll never get it out of my head. It was so big. He was a big old fat guy, but his hog was so big that I don't think I could ever do any weird sex stuff like that again. But um, that was all the pineapple lifestyle that I think I could tolerate. Just talk about PTSD at night. That big old hog that, that, that sometimes creeps in my mind, too. So I'm going to go with no. Now, if my woman was really into it, you know, maybe maybe I would um, consider. Maybe like a special occasion. I don't think I could go full on in the lifestyle, but you say like, hey, five-year anniversary, let's, let's spice it up, let's do something. And I got, the, you know, I got just the perfect couple. We, we like them, we're trustworthy. The guy doesn't seem like he's too cool because he can't be too cool. He's got to be cool enough to hang out with, but not too cool. Like you, say it's you. I would be like, yeah, go ahead, go for it. Assuming that, you know, there was a woman there that was also very attractive that I thought was cool. But can't be too cool. Can't be too sexy of a guy. Only special occasions. Not full-on lifestyle. Not full-on lifestyle. I'm not a square, you know what I mean? Like, uh, I'm, I'm sexually, I'm willing to explore. Whatever. Not really with dudes. Don't really want to do that. But, you know, whatever. Would I sit in a corner and watch, you know, my woman with another woman? Maybe. Never done it, but I'd be open to it. Would I allow the other guy to be in the room, like, on the other side of the wall? Or not the other side of the wall, but in the other corner? Yeah, yeah, as long as he didn't, like, get too close to me. But a, full, a full-fledged a full lifestyle, no. No, I don't think so. I feel like that's, like, a last ditch to save the marriage type of thing when you're, like, 50 or 60 and bored. So I can't fathom that right now. Also, like, I'm not married, so, you know. But I'm not, like, a super jealous person. Who knows? Maybe if I was married for, like, 10 years, I'd be like, you know what? I would like to experience something new. But not, like, in a cheating way. But in, like, a, hey, we're doing this together. And you get to do the same thing. And, you know, like, maybe if I didn't have kids in the scenario, it would be a little bit easier. Because I think it gets a little, it gets even more degenerate if you got kids. Because then you got to worry about the kids finding out. You know what I mean? Then they're getting made fun of. So, yeah. Yeah. John on his Adam 22 grind. <laughs> I cannot imagine willingly telling my wife, yeah, honey, I'm okay with you going and getting plowed. Well, you get to do some plowing, too. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. What about if it's you two in bed next to each other, but you're you're not you're with each other. It's just a little group sex. 
how do you lay in bed beside her again at knowing she just got plowed by somebody else that wasn't you? It doesn't matter if it doesn't matter if I got mine. Okay. I just, I mean, I, I am that jealous. I am jealous enough to not want my, if, 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 if it makes me a jealous young man to not want my theoretical wife to get plowed by another guy, then I'm the, the biggest jealous asshole on planet earth. I'm, I'm dealing with allegations of hog watching in the discord. I was not hog watching. It's just sometimes it's out there. Sometimes it's out there. When I saw my my dad, my friend's dad's big hog, that was a complete unavoidable thing. I I was walking upstairs. He came out of the shower, did not know I was there. That that was unavoidable. You can't sit here in this Discord and tell me you guys have never seen hog. If you're having sex to each other, next to each other, guess what? You're going to see their penis, all right? You're going to see their penis. I wasn't watching. You just notice. I'm not a hog watcher, Okay. Only hogs I watch are on the offensive and defensive lines, because unlike Seth, I do watch the lines. I do. That's the first thing I watch. Every every football play is just four or five seconds of line. Let's see what the boys are doing. Other hog watching? No. Have I seen hogs? A couple. A lot of them are just, you know, nothing to worry about, nothing to that stands out. But every now and then you see just a big old hog, and you're like, oh, wow, good for him. Or, oh, wow, don't want to have sex with this guy again. That's it. No big deal. I need to take a shower. That's how I felt. That's how I felt. (laughs) The the worst part of the entire story is that one of my friends knew what was going to happen and hid in the closet so he could watch. What? That there's some issues with that dude. No, that guy has serious issues. He's the most normal person. But he just, He's a peeping Tom. He's a peeping Tom. He is. He is. So I might cut that out of the podcast. I, I might cut the, There's something wrong with him. I might cut that out of the podcast because that might be illegal. I don't know if it is or not, but Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean like of the story. I'm the least weird. Ugh. That's the last question. All right. I love you. I'll talk to you tomorrow, uh, next week, Gator week. Maybe talk to you tomorrow. I might find a little spaces. Who knows? I'm busy. I'm no. going to Vegas Thursday morning. So I got, got a lot on my plate. So we'll see. Maybe I'll let you and Wads take the spaces uh, tomorrow. All right. Love you, buddy. I love you too. I'll talk to you later. I'm in London, LA, like it's both my ends All these M's that I've been for, I'm supposed to spend
want this quickie. He said, give me that gushy. Said, I need a hundred K, you're better to book me. I like my money, I like your money. I like walk through residual and show money. Be a beat the beat up like it stole from me. Been a long time since I had no money. Uh, please keep quiet when the big boss talking. We found love in a penthouse apartment. I got drivers, I do no walking. Why would I choose when you know I got options? Don't you tell me that it's love or money. I want both. Ain't no way I let you take one from me. I want both. Track. I'm a baller. Right, right, right. 